All right, welcome back to Reaction Episode 11. That's right. We are, uh, we've crossed the threshold and we're just into the double digits now. Still in the Motive series on Sundays. Yeah, and, uh, wrapped it up. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. It was the final week. We are headed to the beach, making final preparations for, we call it D-Day. Ironically, today is the real D-Day. Right. And the day after tomorrow is our HSM D-Day, the day that we depart for the beach. Yeah, for Bible and Beach. Yeah, we're excited day. about it. Which we found out today that no one no one really knows what the D&D Day stands for. Right. Uh, Sorry, I could d- be didn't day. turn my computer off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they and, don't really know. And the uh, and the answer goes to yeah, that's right. Brad's laptop. That's right. Um, yeah, decision day uh, could be day of days. Day of days. Yep. Could be anything. Nobody really knows. It's a mystery. Uh, I woke up this morning and wanted to watch Band of Brothers again. I was thinking about it my whole way in. Yeah, I think I've watched it three times through, but never enough times. And not only, but not only is today D Day, Mike. Right. Today's also your birthday. It is also my it's birthday. It's Mike's birthday. It is. It's been a good birthday. I, I came into the office. There was a giant cake in my cubicle. Uh, and by cake, I mean inflatable cake. That's right. Yep. Um, so it's been a great day. Lots it's of surprises. Been, lots of yeah. people stopping in. So it's been good. It's been good. Yeah. You got you got free lunch. Student brought you lunch. I Nash did. brought you some canes. Shout out to Nash. Brought me canes chicken, which I uh, preached about a few weeks ago. Caused some some waves, some division within yeah, the ministry. Yeah, I'm still not over it. <laughs> I'm still not over it. But he knew not to bring me Chick-fil-A. He knew to bring me canes. Yep. And, and to that, once again, I say, you're wrong. <laughs> Chick-fil-A is the greatest chicken in the history of chicken. Normally, I, I tell people they can't be compared because it's two different types of chicken, yep. but it worked for the illustration. Yep. I don't know. It feels a little wrong, mm. but it worked well in the sermon. We'll so have to agree to disagree I here. Just like Red Velvet Cake in the vow. Shout out to Channing Tatum. <laughs> in any case, today we're talking about baptism. Yep. Uh, last last week of the Motive series where we're talking about why we do what we do at church, mm-hmm. and Cambrian walked us through why we get baptized uh, what it, what does baptism mean? Why did Jesus set it up as something that we should do? And then uh, what are some of the things that we need to think about around that decision of should I get baptized? Should I wait? Should I get rebaptized? Should I not? Like he just kind of unraveled all of those thought processes that we hear a lot from students and uh, and did a really good job of just kind of simplifying baptism into one really simple, uh, statement, which is just that it, it's how we publicly share a personal decision to follow Jesus. And yes, yeah. baptism is just a, it's a symbol. Yeah. Um, much like a wedding ring. That was kind of the, the illustration that he used. Yep. It's like you're wearing this thing on your finger that is a symbol that visually represents, it tells other people about this thing that is very personal to you and mm. this thing that you're committed to for the rest of your life. You don't necessarily need that reminder, uh, but it's it's a thing that shows other people um, and is important to you and that you're always going to wear and carry with you about this decision that you made. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And I think, uh, you know, when we when we talk about the, and the the, you know, the point of this, this whole series we've been in for the last, you know, five or six weeks has been, you know, the weird things or at least the things that appear to be strange that Christians do. Like, what's the motive behind that? And I think. You know, it even goes back to like the fact that we've got to own some some things as as believers. We got to own the fact that some of the stuff we do, especially to people who are outside the church, seem really strange. Um, but as we've kind of gone through this, I know as I, and I and as and as I've had conversations with, you know, students or parents uh, about the series, and and the thing that I keep coming back to is, 
imagine that you were imagine that you were an alien from a different planet and you came on you know you showed up at, at Fort Walton Beach on Wednesday morning when we're doing baptisms and you see 1200 people across the beach yeah. lined up dunking people underwater and cheering and going ah going crazy about it what would you think like you would think what in the world is this this seems crazy and so i love the way that that cambrin unpacked it on sunday you know as he talked about it. it is it's a it's a public declaration of a personal decision to follow jesus and that everything in baptism it is it's it's symbolic and it and it's you know jesus and, and in jesus's day we don't talk about covenant that much anymore right in 2019 but in jesus's day covenant was still a big deal mm-hmm. um and covenant as we trace covenant all the way back through time you know that that word and the 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 practice of covenant making, you know, exists from the beginning all the way up until you know through the through the end of the New Testament, right? Even to the point where you know we today are are living under a new covenant. And Jesus would use Jesus would use symbols to kind of represent these covenants. And you know, one of those symbols is is communion, right? Which we talked about not long ago in our Easter series. Um, but another symbol of that covenant is is baptism, and uh, and so in, in this, everything about baptism is symbolic. I mean, everything about the whole deal is symbolic. And so, you know, in Jesus's day, people got baptized, and they would, you know, like Cambridge said, they would be baptized, you know, whether it was for, you know, cleansing purposes or, uh, you know, for forgiveness, you know, things like that. Uh, they would be, you know, like he says, like he, he mentioned, you know, John said, you be baptized, you repent, and then you're baptized for the forgiveness of sin. Um, and but but even beyond that, you know, baptism was something that in Jesus's day, people were baptized into certain teachings as well. So like rabbis, like Jesus was a rabbi, you know, a rabbi in Jesus's day would kind of have their, they would craft and develop what, what would be their like their life's teaching. And they would teach that teaching over and over and over and over and over again. And different rabbis would have different life teachings. And sometimes people would be baptized into whatever teaching that was as a symbol of saying, I want to live my life based on that teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's not a coincidence that Jesus was baptized by his cousin John, who John's teaching was repent and believe for the kingdom is near, right? So that's not an accident, right? That, that, that Jesus is going to go be baptized by the guy whose life's teaching was about Jesus, uh, which I think is really cool. Um, and so everything about it's symbolic, you know, from the standpoint of, you know, when you, and, and as we counsel students at Bible and Beach, or as we counsel, counsel students who want to get baptized here, we explain to them, like, the water is not magic. You know, if you get baptized in the Gulf of Mexico, it's the Gulf of Mexico. It's full of seaweed and fish poop, right? It's not jellyfish. Yeah, jellyfish. I mean, there's nothing, it's not magic. It's the Gulf of Mexico. I mean, in a few years ago, it was full of, you know, there was a giant oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico, right? So there's, there's nothing special about the water itself. Um, but as you go into that water, and the water here that we have it at church, I mean, I mean, we tell students all the time, it comes out of a hose that's attached to, to a sink in the back. And we fill up a little portable hot tub thing that, that we use to baptize people in. And um, and so as you sit there above the water, that's kind of that representation of this is me, uh, represents my life before I made that decision. This is the essentially the old me, you know, like this is the me before, representative of the me before I made the decision to trust Jesus with my life. And as we are put under the water, that that old us is is then symbolically dead, right? I'm dying to 
my old way of living and being brought into, as we're brought back up from the water, into a new way of life, like a with God kind of life because of Jesus. And, and the thing we always tell, tell students is, is that you're literally covered at that point in this, this with God life that's only possible through Jesus. And so, you know, it just goes into all the different symbolism. And so like the wedding ring, like my wedding ring is a, is a symbol of the covenant that I made with my wife. Baptism and communion are also symbols of a new covenant, a new deal that Jesus makes with us to say, look, if you, if you believe in me, then what I offer you is a with God life that begins now and lasts forever, uh, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's so there's so much beauty in the permanence, in the in the completeness of coming up and being washed, uh, and forgiven of your sins, and and the the wedding ring analogy is good too because it's like when you have a fight with your wife, you don't go back to the altar and get remarried, right? right? Like right. you you reconcile and you you wake up the next day and you do it again, um, but. It's, it's so cool that like when we think of washing, we think of, of being clean for a little while and then, uh, you know, needing to wash again. But like baptism is this washing that lasts literally forever. And it doesn't mean that you're going to come up out of the water and never mess up again. You're never, you know, it's not like you're never going to make another mistake. But the beauty of baptism is that you have been uh, washed into grace, like you mm-hmm. live in grace when mm-hmm. you've been baptized. And living in grace means that Jesus is willing to wash you over and over and over. He's willing to purify you over and over and over. Uh, but it, it, he's not asking us to like get back in the tank. He's just asking us to live with the knowledge of the fact that we've been forgiven and, and continue to accept the grace that he's already offering us, which is really, really cool. It's yeah. Like, it's a very permanent washing. Yeah. Um, so as as people are kind of hovering around this this conversation, as students are maybe uh, meeting Jesus for the first time or have grown up in a household where baptism is the normal thing to do, um, and they're trying to make that decision of like, am I ready? How do I know if I'm ready? Uh, should I wait? Should I do it now? Should I wait for Bible and Beach? You know, should I should I do it with my family? What when they're when all these conversations are are taking place? Um, you know, what are, what are some of the key things to kind of think through when you're in that decision-making process? Yeah. Yeah. Is it time? Yeah. That's well, and I think that's a, that's a great, you know, that's a great question and a great thing to think through. So, uh, and I know we talked about this earlier today, but my, my seven-year-old Jack is, you know, he saw, this was a couple, you know, a couple summers ago, his friend Cohen got baptized. Um, and so he watched this whole thing happen and, and of our two kids, Jack is way more of the, he's way more of the thinker, right? He's the cerebral one. And so, you know, uh, as we're watching Cohen get baptized and he's surrounded by family and friends and he's in, you know, the, the, the baptistry with his dad and, you know, he's Jack's watching all this stuff going on. He's taking it all in. And, and I could tell even as we got in the car after that, you know, his wheels were turning and I said, Hey buddy, what'd you think about that? And he said, I, like, I want to know more about it. Like, why do we do this? And so, you know, I walked him through all the stuff that we just kind of talked through. Well, here's kind of what it means. And this is what the symbolism is. And, you know, when, when you make a decision to trust Jesus with, with your life, that's kind of a way of saying, hey, I want to make, I want to make sure everybody knows I'm making this decision, that I'm not alone uh, in making this decision. And, and it was a couple months that went by and, and he would bring it up every now and then of going, dad, tell me more about baptism. And, tell, and finally said, dad, I think I want to do this. Yeah. Um, and it, I was excited, you know, as a father to hear that your son wants to get baptized. I was excited, but then I wanted to press into that too and say, okay, well, tell me why, like what, like, what is it, 
you know, why do you want to do this? And, and I think this is, this, it's a really good question. And, and again, I think some people could look at that and go, well, why don't you just seize the moment, right? Your son wants to get baptized. Like you should just, yes, let's find, let's, let's, let's go out to the pool out back and let's do this thing. Right. Um, but for me, I want to know as his dad, I want to know that he's making the decision and he understands the decision that he's making. Um, and it's not just, he's caught up in the sensation of, well, I saw my friend do this and I saw the outpouring of emotion that came with that and the, you know, the attention and celebration that he got that came with that. Um, but I want him to know at the end of the day, no, I'm making this decision because I'm, I've chosen to trust Jesus with my life and I'm accepting Jesus's invitation to live this with God life that starts now and lasts forever. And this is what I, this is the way for me to do that. And so, you know, for us, and again, he's seven. So parents, and, and if you're parents of high school students, it may look different for you. Um, but what I said is, Hey, let's, I'm excited that you want to get baptized. Let's do a few things first. Um, and the first one was, Hey man, we let's, let's get to know, let's get to know this God guy a little bit more. Let's get to know, uh, this Jesus guy a little bit more. Um, and so what we started to do is we read the storybook Bible. Now, again, I don't want to come across like I'm the, uh, like pastoral parents or perfect parents who, you know, they have perfect kids that sit at the bed and as like little angels and listen to dad read from the Bible. And we pray together. We don't, it doesn't work that. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's chaotic at our house at bedtime. And, and, you know, so there are some nights where it's just get in bed and, and let's just be done and press reset and we'll start over tomorrow. Um, so it's not like that at all, but, um, we did make a, a really intentional effort and are still making an intentional effort to work our way entire, the entire way through the storybook Bible, which is, you know, that the catchphrase is every page whispers his name, right? So in every story, it points to, not only who God is, but that Jesus is coming as well, right? Um, and so we started working our way through that. And as we read these stories, which are really simple, um, I ask him a handful of questions at the end of the, that, that story. Hey, what did you hear? Like, tell me about that story. What did you learn from that story? Uh, who, what, who is God? Based on that story, who do you believe God is? You know, what are some characteristics or attributes of, of who the Bible says God is? And then my third question that I ask him is, what does that mean for you? You know, if this is what you heard and this is, you know, this is what you, you believe God to be, what does that mean, Jack, for you as a seven-year-old? Like, what does that mean for you? Um, and that's, that's had some really help. We've had some really healthy and fruitful conversations from that. Um, and he's beginning to ask questions. And, and I think for him, you know, making that decision, it's less now about, oh, I, I see this and it looks cool and everybody's there and everybody cheers and yell and like, no, I... I know what this means. And so he's yeah. not, we're not quite there yet. We're, we're still working our way through it. Um, and, and so I want to make sure that, that he's really and truly ready to make that decision before he jumps in uh, to the water and before we baptize him, um, that, he, that really he understands, at least as a seven-year-old you know, or eight-year-old, he understands the decision that he's making. And that even goes back to you know, that wedding ring analogy of, man, I, was, I got married 16 years ago. Um, and my wife put a ring on my finger and I put a ring on her finger 16 years ago and 16 years ago, I probably could have told you, Hey, this is what I, I think love is, or this is what I think our relationship is. Um, but brother now, 16 years later, I realized I was just barely scratching the surface, but what I knew, what I knew enough at that point in time 
to be able to know that that's the woman I want to spend the rest of my life with. Yeah. And she knew the same as well. So that, that's where that whole wedding ring thing comes in. And like you said, it's like when we get in a fight or we get in an argument or things don't go well, we don't have to go back to the altar and do it all over again, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still part of that learning process. One of our um, our high school leaders, Clinton Goss, says it like this. He said, when you, when you choose uh, to trust Jesus, it's like putting on an oversized T-shirt, right? At first, it's too big and it doesn't fit, but you'll grow into it. Yeah. I love that, right? Um, and I think that's a really cool way of even sharing that with your. It's like, are you ready to put this on? You know, it's not the the question is not does it fit. You know, the question from a wedding ring is not do you know everything you need to know about this relationship. The answer is no. No, the shirt doesn't fit, and no. I don't know, but I'm going to grow into it. Yeah. The question is, do you know enough to be able to put it on? Do you know enough to be able to wear the ring, to put the shirt, to to do the baptism? It's like, hey, I, kn- I don't know it all, but this is what I know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's not about having a full understanding, but it's about having some understanding of what you're doing. Sure. And I, I love, even though Jack's not in high school, like that approach of just asking specific questions, I think is really important, no matter where your student is at, like talking about Bible stories, talking about scripture and saying like, what specifically did you learn from this? And mm-hmm. what what specifically are you seeing um, in Jesus's interactions with people and, and in scripture? And then asking questions like, what is what does God's character look like to you? Yeah. Who is God in your eyes? You know, and digging down, I think, uh, you know, in any um, relationship between a, a parent and a student, like getting specific is really, really healthy because sometimes there's just this general like, well, it's an unspoken thing in our home that we all attend church, but we're not going to dig much deeper than that in our conversations. And that just, it broods this insecurity. It broods this like almost embarrassment around things like this, where it's like, I think I should get baptized. Um, and I I think I need to do it like right now because like my, my siblings are baptized at this age or whatever. Um, or maybe it's, man, I really feel like I want to get baptized, but like no one's bringing it up. So I feel like I shouldn't bring it up. And, you know, I, I, want to make that decision. I want to make that public, but like, I'm not sure if my parents want me to, they don't want me to like these things come out of just not having specific conversations. Mm. And so I think that's really important, um, to just dig in and, and look at scripture and have honest conversations about who God is and, and what that looks like in your house, which is really good. And I think I'd say one thing too, about that, just from a parent standpoint. So, um, cause I know sometimes as parents, it can be intimidating to say, Hey, we're going to dive into, we're going to, we're going to read into scripture and ask some of these questions about, you know, what do we see about Jesus and what do we see about God's character when maybe we don't even know ourselves the answer to some of those questions. And so let me just say this to parents that are listening, you know, I'm a, I'm a pastor. You and I were pastors. We are for lack of a better word, professional Christians, right? Um, Even for me and I'm, and granted, I'm reading a children's Bible to a seven-year-old, uh, that time for me was, oh, I've never seen it that way. Or um, this was a story that maybe I, you know, I can't, I've read it a thousand times the same way. But now as I'm sitting here reading a cartoon Bible to my, to my second grader, um, it's, it's striking me in a different way. And so I don't want people to think like, oh, well, the only way you can enter into those conversations with your son or your daughter is well, you've got to be at this level. Um, that's not true. I yeah. think there's a there's a there's a phrase I think that 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 I love, and this this goes back to even um, you know previous work experience, right? I used to work for Apple, um, and one of the things that they would say is when you don't know something, they would train us to say, "I don't know, let's find out together." 
And I think that's a great thing for parents to to be able to say to their kids who maybe come back from Bible and Beach and they're saying, hey, I think I'm ready to make this you know, decision to, to trust Jesus with my life. What do you think about that? Or, or how do you feel about that? Or, you know, can you help me with that? Like we may look at that and go, ah, I don't know. Like I don't, I don't know the answers to all these questions. And that, let me just say this, parents, that's okay. Yeah. Um, and to say, you know, I don't know. Let's find out together. And then lean into some of the resources that the church has, you know, whether that is, as, as, a, as you know, I've sat with, with a, um, and, and this was a, about a year ago, sat with a mom and her son, and her son um, had tons of questions about faith and like wanted to know things like, well, how come we don't see dinosaurs in the Bible? And, you know, what about like there are all these. And I just sat there and we answered questions and I didn't have all the answers to all of them. And in some cases we were Googling stuff of going like, I don't know, man, let's look it up. Uh, let's let's figure out what, you know, why is this not in there? Why does this say it this way? Or, and let's figure out what we believe about this. So I just want to encourage parents in that regard to say, you know, as your kids come back and say, hey, look, I'm, I think I want to do this. Can you help me? Um, it doesn't mean you have to throw your hands in the air and say, I can't. Yeah. Uh, it can be, you know, I don't know how to answer all those questions, but let's find out together. And like me, um, as you read, you might be reading a cartoon Bible to your kid and go, wow, that's new to me, or yeah. I've never read it that way before. So that's just an encouragement. Yeah. And learning by exploration sticks so much better. Like it's, there's so much value in figuring those things out together as a family than just hoping that it's going to be revealed one day through yeah. church because yeah. when you when you start at the beginning of a learning process and you walk through that and read for yourself and draw your own conclusions like that's going to stay in your mind and that's going to be meaningful to you and so that can be a really cool thing as a family and I think this this goes hand in hand with um, maybe a misconception that's pretty common is is being that like baptism is the finish line looking at Mm. it as like man i've got to put enough information i've got to load enough information and and keep my kid uh behaving well and like on the right path up until they get baptized and then they can kind of start to own their faith and and but that's the goal like if i can do enough to keep them on track until they reach that point where they can make their own decision and then get baptized and and looking at it like a finish line that's that's really not the right way to look at it it's it's much more a starting line yeah like you are walking with your student up to the starting line and when they take off when they come back up out of that water like you are on a journey with them as their fellow christians you're running the yep. race together and so that exploration and and finding out new information that's something that you can do as a team it's something you can do to encourage each other. We talked about that last week. Like, why is it so important that we go to church? Well, it's because we need to encourage each other so that we're not deceived by the devil. Well, when your kid comes back out of that water, the devil's going to attack. Like baptism is an invitation for Satan to go, all right, like game on. Let's try to tear down what you're building. Let's try to cover that grace that you've been given with shame. And so we really, it's, it's important to look at baptism as a starting line, and it's important to think about it as a, as a race from there that we're all going to run together. Yeah, yeah, and I think that the, you know, a couple things to that, um, and one is, you know, even going back to what, what John the Baptist was, was preaching in the wilderness was repent and believe. Um, and when I counsel students on decision-making or when they make a decision for, for baptism, you know, one of the things I say is repent is, is, a, is before you even get to baptism— Repent is is one of the earlier steps in all of that, right? Um, and repentance doesn't happen just once because the word repent, it's a fancy church word. It's a churchy word that literally means to change direction, mm-hmm. right? 
So when you repent, you are changing, you are reassessing, you are rethinking, you are uh, reevaluating the direction of your life. You are changing the direction of your life. Um, and, and for us as believers, when we repent, it, when we change that direction, we say, look, I want my life to follow the same trajectory and direction of Jesus. You don't learn that in one day, right? Um, it's not like you repent once and baptize and it's like all of a sudden all of that gets downloaded into you and you're good. Uh, it didn't even get downloaded into Jesus, right? Yeah. The Bible tells us Jesus had to learn and grow. Um, so repentance is something that we do on a daily basis. Uh, and I th- so I think that's important for us to remember uh, is that repentance doesn't just happen once. It happens every single day before my feet hit the floor. Uh, I am asking God, hey, God, today, uh, will, you, will you lead me? Will you guide me to be a little bit more like your son, you know, and help me to make those changes and those those shifts in my life. Um, and then the other thing too, and I think we talked about this a little bit this morning, is the the expectation of when you get baptized and you you know you come out of the you go into the water, you come out of the water of like, oh, everything's good now. Um, from a spiritual standpoint, I would say the answer to that question is, yeah, it's true. Um, your spirit is, 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 is saved, right? Our souls are saved, not as a result of baptism, but as a result of what Jesus did and our decision to follow him. Um, but you know, outside of that is, and and again, just being super real and honest with people is to say, look, what you can expect after your baptism, and this doesn't mean it happens every time, um, but it's been my experience that when people make decisions to trust and follow Jesus and they're baptized, um, that things, things actually stay or sometimes even increase in their difficulty. Um, because the last thing Satan wants to see is more people choosing to trust and follow Jesus. And so he's going to attack what he can. Uh, he can't get to your spirit anymore. He can't get to your soul anymore because that's saved and redeemed and, and, and covered in the power that comes from the blood of Jesus. Um, but he can get to everything else yeah. and, and the things around you. Um, and, you know, a good example of this is like this is we're here we are two days before we go to Bible and Beach. And, you know, we've got people on our staff team whose kids are getting sick and, you know, whose kids need surgery. And Tuesday, my, the engine of my wife's car blew up, you know, and like that's the kind of stuff you go like, yeah, that's the kind of stuff he can get to. Um, and, and he's willing to do that. To, to be able to instill doubt in you and you you all of a sudden you think, well, I'm now doubting this decision that I made and there's no way Jesus wants my doubt and shame comes into the picture and all that kind of stuff. And, and first off, none of that's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's something that, that we don't talk about that as much in the process of, of choosing to trust and follow Jesus. It's not like, well, I come out of the water and all my life's fixed. Yeah. Not true. Yeah. Um, in fact, you could probably expect to be kicked in the teeth. You know, um, not not that it happens all the time, but it does happen uh, more often than not because it really makes Satan mad um, when people choose to trust and follow Jesus, and he's going to react uh, to that. And so we can expect that from a spiritual standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Baptism is not necessarily going to change your situation, but it is a anthem. It is a declaration. It is it is a statement of well, I'm ready to fight. Yeah, I'm ready to go, and it's it's. Uh, you know, you're, you come up out of the water and you're surrounded by a church, capital C, like people who are willing to run after that with you. Um, I think uh, it's good to, to just think in those situations like that because life isn't going to change, uh, because life is going to continue to be difficult, because sin is going to continue to be tempting. Um, you know, your, your student's group leader, your student's pastor, these other people that are in your student's life, they're not your student's best bet. 
at like staying the course after baptism, mm-hmm. you are like exactly right. You are the adult that has the most access to your student's life. You're the one that has the most freedom to spend time with them. You're the one who they are naturally going to look to as an example, even if they're not trying to imitate you. Yeah. They're probably going to in, end up imitating a lot of your character. Yep. Um, and so you are the one that has a chance to take their hand when they come out of the water and say, I'm so glad you made this decision. I'm so glad that you decided to share it publicly. Now let's walk together. Let's let's search the scriptures. Let's continue to learn about Jesus and let's walk this walk for the rest of our lives. Yeah, and it's like the, you know, to put it in even in the, 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 the think of it like this, think of it like I know like right now all the, you know, college athletes, all the college basketball players are going through like their pre-draft workout because the NBA draft is coming up. Mm-hmm. And and once they're drafted, then it's welcome to the team. And it's kind of like this. It's like the the work that leads that goes up and leading up to your baptism is kind of like your pre-draft workout. Like you're going through the motions and you're learning and you're figuring things out. And then you get drafted and then the teammates say, welcome to the team, right? Um, and so I think for parents, it's even that from, from that end to say, look, parents, if you've been baptized and you're a believer and you're a follower of Jesus, the moment your kid get, gets baptized, it's not like, oh, we made it. You know, we're done. No, that's the point where... Welcome to the team. Yeah. And now it's time to play ball. Yeah. Now it's time to get after this thing. Make sure they understand what they're committing to. And once once they commit, then be ready to support that commitment. That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, this is, uh, you know, it's funny. It's a funny topic because at the end of the day, it's really, really simple. Again, it's just baptism is how we publicly share a personal decision to follow Jesus. Um, and uh, hopefully hopefully asking specific questions um, and then providing good opportunities for your student to say like, Hey, I think it's time. I think it's time to be, to be baptized um, is, is something that, that shouldn't be that difficult. It shouldn't be that complicated. Um, At the end of the day, it's about saying, Hey, I'm in love with Jesus and I'm ready to follow him. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yep. And, And I think again, just from a parent standpoint, it's, it's the ability to go, Hey, I don't know everything either. So let's find out together. And that's okay. Yeah. It's a good place to be in. Yeah. Yeah.